the theme of this conference is brave. I like it. I like it. It's, it speaks directly into our hearts and into our lives. And the title tonight is The Audacious Woman. Tell your neighbor you're an audacious woman or be an audacious woman. Hallelujah. Um, it's exciting because I know that this message, by the grace of God, will bring a shift into our lives. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this great conference because you have ordained to do great things in the lives of your daughters, in the lives of your people. And so our hearts are open, flow through these lips of clay, and let no one remain the same. Thank you, Father. Let there be a shift. Let there be healing in our minds, in our hearts, in our even in our physical bodies, Lord. Let grace arise, O oh God, for the hearers. In Jesus' name, amen. The audacious woman. And our text is Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. It reads, have I not commanded you? Be strong and be of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I like to read. That's the New King James Version. I like to read the message translation. It says, haven't I commanded you? Strength, courage. Don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step you take that is awesome that word is such a now word it says don't be discouraged god your god is with you every step that you take in times like this um there are things staring at us in the face that may want to cause discouragement in our lives but the word of god to us is saying do not be dismayed do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you every step you take. And I'll come back to that in a moment. Every step you take. I'll come back to that. I want to first, dis, um, I want to define, I want to read out the dictionary definition of audacious. Because that word is a very interesting word. The audacious woman. Audacious means showing a willingness to take surprisingly bold risks. Showing a willingness to take surprisingly bold risks. Awesome. Surprisingly bold risks. How many risk takers do we have in the house? Many of us don't want to take risks. And it's true. Because we fear death. We fear um, discouragement. We fear rejection. We fear a lot of things. But the word of the Lord to us is saying, don't be timid. The word of the Lord to us is saying, don't get discouraged. God is with you every step of the way. Be strong. Be of good courage. Hallelujah. Do not be afraid. This is exciting. I remember the story of an audacious woman, Esther. And there's so many women in the Bible that we could you know, refer to look into their lives, look into their stories, and draw strength. But I want to um, look at Esther's story today. Esther, 
did something very audacious. She did something very bold. But how did she get there? How did she get to that point? In Esther chapter 4, verse 4, I read, it says, So Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her, and the queen was deeply distressed. Then she sent garments to clothe Mordecai and to take his sackcloths away from him, but he would not accept that. Then, that was not her audacious act. <laughs> that was her normal act. That was her regular act. In fact, that was an act of fear, couched as generosity, couched as being amazing. She sent him garments. So if you read that out of context, you say, wow, what a very generous woman. And I believe she was. What a very grateful woman. For Mordecai was her cousin, who was like an uncle to her, like even a father figure. He raised her after her parents died, after she became an orphan. He raised her. He encouraged her to go into the, um, to apply or go into the, was it the competition or whatever, when the king, Ahasuerus, was looking for a wife. Um, he was an encourager, a protector to her and a lot, and a mentor. He literally raised her. But certain news came to her. Certain news came to Esther in the palace. The king had signed a decree that all the Jews should be killed. They should be exterminated by a certain date. And you can find this story in the book of Esther chapter 3. The document was to be issued in every province and published everywhere. And they went out seeing that the Jews were to be killed. Now when Mordecai heard this, and that's in Esther chapter 4 verse 1, he put on sackcloth and ashes. He mourned. He was in prayer. He was mourning. He cried with a bitter cry. Because what is this? Everyone was to be wiped out in the province. He says there was great mourning among the Jews. Esther chapter 4 verse 3. Weeping and wailing. And many lay in sackcloth and ashes. So Esther's maids and you know told her. They told her, that's Esther chapter 4 verse 4 that we read, and she was deeply distressed. Was the solution garments at that point in time? Was the solution clothes? Because they put on clothes and ashes, sackcloth, sorry, they put on sackcloth. They removed their clothes. Mordecai removed his, tore his clothes and put on sackcloth. Mournful clothes because they were as good as dead. In a few days or weeks, if nothing, if there was not an intervention, and Mordecai was counting on Esther to intervene, <laughs> to do something, because she is the one, the Jew that was in the palace, and maybe God planted her there for such a time as this. Maybe this is her hour to rise up. Maybe this is the real reason why she became the king's wife. Maybe this is the reason why she is the queen, not just to sit pretty, but to rise up courageously with audacity and change that decree. But rather, she sent clothes. Clothes are good. Yes, we are to clothe the naked. And they were literally naked at that time, but that was the wrong action for that moment. It was a wrong gift. It was a wrong action. It was a wrong thing to do. That is why I'm saying that. Her generosity was camouflaged. Her fear 
was camouflaged as generosity. She was distressed. She was afraid. Maybe even almost depressed. But she was the one that could make a difference for her people at that point in time. She had to take a risk. So you can see she had to be audacious. Surprisingly what? Be a surprising risk taker. Surprising bold risk, a bold move. She had to take a bold move. She had to be audacious, for it was not audacious to send clothes to Mordecai. And so he returned the clothes. He returned the clothes and said, no. Go before the king and change that decree. In Esther chapter 4 verse 13, Mordecai <laughs> said, don't think in your heart you will escape more than all the other Jews. If you remain Completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will come from another place. But maybe you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. This is a season where we would need more courage and we will need to make audacious moves. I don't know what you are confronted with in your life, in your community, in your family, in your organization, or in just in your heart. At this point in time, I don't know what requires an audacious move from you. I don't know what requires courage from you at this time. Women, are you listening? And in the men in the house or men that are watching, it's primarily for women, yes, but men as well can be blessed by this word. What is requiring you to be audacious? What is tearing you in the face? what you're fearful about. We have just come out of a pandemic two and a half years now. Two and a half years ago, the whole world was shaken. We went into hiding, as it were. But now it's time to be audacious. It's time to come out. It's time to move boldly. It's time to take back everything the enemy stole from us. It's time to play catch up. It is time to move audaciously to move boldly and to take certain risks. So what did else Esther do? What did she do? She had told Mordecai initially that she had not seen the king for 30 days. She, she, was, she gave that excuse that she had no access to him, or so she thought. It was in her mind that she had no access to him. Why would she not have access to her husband? The ish thing is that there were other issues going on in her life, in her marriage. <laughs> there were issues going on, and she had exaggerated the issue in her mind. It was really more than what she thought. There was nothing. But in her mind, excuse me, she believed that something, excuse me, in her mind, she believed there was a problem with her marriage. As oh, if I have issues, and you are telling me to go before the king, and I have issues. Isn't that the kind of excuse that we give? Oh, no, Lord, this is going on. Oh, I cannot. I cannot. There were people in the Bible. Moses said, I cannot speak. You know, I'm a stammerer. But God chose him for the assignment to go before Pharaoh. He saw your weaknesses when he chose you. 
He saw everything. What he's expecting for us to do is to rely on him. When he gives us an assignment, he expects us to rely on him, not to do it in our own strength, but to rely on the sender, on the sender's backing. And so she gave that excuse, and Mordecai said, well, I'm not taking that as an excuse. You are, I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> you are the one we're counting on at this moment. And so she said she would pray as well. And that's in Esther chapter 4, verse 16. Esther told them to reply, Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat or drink for three days night or day they were already <laughs> already in a mournful situation but she wanted them to join her she decided to fast and pray she said my maidens and i will fast and we will go i will go before the king which is against the law and if i perish i perish it was against the law for you to go before the king if he did not send for you why had she not seen the king for 30 days that is to um, for another day for us to unpack. 30 days and counting. She had not seen the king. So they were sleeping apart. She had her own side of the palace. He had his own, and he had not sent for her. How was he solving his intimacy and his sexual life? What was going on there? 30 days he had to open up to Mordecai. That was probably her own silent and personal pain. Because you would take it for granted and think that, okay, when you are in bed or when you are at dinner with the king, your husband, you will chip in a word for us <laughs> concerning the situation. But she really had to bring out the painful situation that she was going through. I always like to say, be careful who you envy. Don't envy anybody at all. There are probably the other young lady singles who wanted to be the king's wife, who didn't get that position, would envy her. Oh, she must be enjoying herself in the palace right now, not knowing that there was some loneliness, there was something going on there. For whatever reason, maybe the Mordecai's of this world didn't allow the king to send for her. In the evenings, at night, when he would want to have dinner or go to bed, maybe this Mordecai right-hand man who was evil would always bring something to sign, would always bring a document I usually say that people in government, in high places, presidents and kings, they're not leading alone. They have helpers. They have, you know, what we call ADs, right? Assistant director of this and that who are helping them to sort out stuff. And Mordecai was a right-hand man to the king. So I believe he kept blocking, <laughs> you know, that space. And the king could not focus. For whatever it was, 30 days she had not seen. And I believe that um, the longer it took, the more fearful she became. She must have been telling herself, now I have fallen out of favor with the king. Something bad has really happened. Someone has lied against me. Or She must have thought to herself, did I offend him? Okay, when was the last time he spoke? You know, and stuff like that. So the longer it took, the more fearful she was. And she did not have the audacity to go before him. She should have had the courage and the audacity to go before the king. Even before trouble broke out among the Jews. Before she was pushed to. Before she had to. She should have. On the fifth day, she should have gone. 
and knocked and stood in the door. My husband, the king, I'm here. I want to see you. I want to dine with you. What prevented her? You see, sometimes until there's a problem, we won't rise up to walk in the purpose that God has ordained for us. Until sometimes there's an adverse situation, some of us will not rise up. Some of us are forcefully pushed out of our comfort zone into what we are supposed to do, into the assignment that we are supposed to take on. But we really need not wait till there's a serious problem for us to, to rise up. Anyway, Esther said, I will pray and I will fast. And so I believe that in the place of prayer, she settled her fears. She settled what she was fearful about and she received courage. She talked to God, she prayed, and then she emerged after three days. I see someone emerging out of this conference, emerging with the heart of a lion. Because indeed, the Bible says that we are of the lion of the tribe of Judah. We are. We are bold as a lion. We are the righteous. When you know who you are, you will be audacious. That is the truth. Sometimes we forget. Did she forget who she was? She was the queen of the land. She was in covenant with the king. So in the place of prayer, I believe she received courage. She received a reset of her heart. <laughs> she was still, she received assurance from God. She was reminded of who she was. Hallelujah. She was reminded i like to remind you of who you are. You are a child of the Most High. You're a child of God. You are God's favorite. You are the apple of his eye. You, you, he sent Jesus to die for you. You are worthy to die for. Jesus laid down his life for you and for me. And if you have received him and received that truth, you are a child of God. And greater is he that lives in you than he that is in the world. We all ought to be audacious and courageous, really more than we really are. Thank you, Jesus. But I see restoration in Jesus' name. I see restoration of that value, courage. We have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Be courageous. Be courageous is what Joshua was told. Haven't I commanded you? Strength, courage, don't be timid. I see the spirit and the cloak of timidity being taken away from us today in Jesus' name. Don't be discouraged. God is with you every step that you take. Maybe this is what was spoken into her heart that made her to rise up on the third day. I said, yes, I will go. And she had made that declaration even before that, that if I perish, I will perish. But she didn't rush. An audacious woman would not necessarily rush at things or be hasty. There's a time to be still. There's a time to gather strength. There's a time to plan and there's a time to know the direction in which you should move. Even when you know that you should move, even when you know you should rise up and confront a situation. But we don't rush hastily into it. She didn't rush hastily to go before the king. I just said, okay, because it's been 30 days 
She had to assess the situation. She had to know what was going on and she had to plan. And so after three days, Esther chapter 5 verse 1, I love that story so much. It says it happened on the third day. Esther put on her royal robes. She put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace. She put on her royal robes. After receiving the courage and the audacity to go before the king, she planned, what will I wear? How will I approach him? What will I say? What is the script? Lord, put the words in my mouth. And so on and so forth. She did not rush out there blindly, even though she had received courage. I like the fact that she put on her royal robes. This is not about breaking the bank to go for a function, but it's about knowing that there is an attire for every occasion, knowing that there is what to wear for every occasion. If I was going to the beach to swim, I wouldn't wear this, right? If I was going for an interview, I'll package myself differently, right? We will package ourselves. <laughs> we will choose the colors. We will at least be smart. It's not about how expensive your apparel is, but it's about how decent and how put together for, because you are going before an interviewer, you are going before a person, you are going before someone for an occasion. So she dared not put on her swimsuit. Even though she was the wife, she was the queen, <laughs> taking her serious, she dared not go in her nightwear at that point in time and stand there. Maybe that was for another day. Maybe that would have worked for another time. So this woman stayed focused. An audacious woman is a focused woman. She stood and when the king saw her, she stood there and she didn't even say a word. There is a time to speak and there is a time to be silent. Esther 5 verse 2, it says, when the king saw Esther standing in the court, she found favor in his sight, and the king held out his golden scepter to her that was in his hand. Esther went near and touched the scepter. That scepter signified approval. The protocol is that if you go before the king, he didn't send for you, and he does not stretch out that scepter, you are dead. That is the protocol. He doesn't have to say a word. <laughs> just by keeping quiet, just by not stretching the scepter, the Mordecai's of those, sorry, the Haman's of this world. I kept saying Mordecai, Haman, sorry. Haman was the evil one. Haman was the wicked um, assistant, right-hand man to the king. People like that, or whoever, you know, are already, they already know that. They move the person out and go kill the person. Death. Even Vashti, her predecessor, who had the audacity to say no to the king. When the king sent for her, she was having a banquet, and the king sent for her, he wanted to show her off, and she did not respond. She was excommunicated. She was not even killed. 
So this law was stronger, and that you can see why Esther was initially fearful. What are you afraid of? Death, rejection. What are you afraid of by not taking that step? In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, the message translation, it says, God is with you every step of every step you take. King James Version we read earlier says, God is with you wherever you go. So you must be going somewhere. You must be taking a step because it says God is with you. If Esther did not take the step, for example, after praying and after doing all of that, if she did not take the step to go before the king, would it be evident that God was with her? He says, I am with you every step that you take. So if he says, and Esther sat there for 30 days, or sat there for five days, six days, if she sat there saying, I'm still praying, I'm still praying, mm, I'm still fasting, I'm praying, my maidens and I, and the decree was in two weeks' time, was to take effect, <laughs> of what use will be the word? Of what you, that would not be audacious, that would not be courageous, that would be timidity. To say, I'm still praying, I'm still praying, I'm still praying. Take that step, make that move at the right time. Rise up courageously, and that is what she did. And God was with her. It was very obvious that God was with her. Thank you, Jesus. And Esther chapter 5 verse 3, the king said to her, what do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half of the kingdom. Oh, wow. What an invitation. What an open check. What an offer. She stayed focused. This is very impressive. An audacious woman will stick to the plan, will stick to the assignment, will stick to the assignment. Yes. She could have lost it. First of all, the fact that the king stretched his scepter, golden scepter, towards her. Breathe a sigh of relief. <sighs> At least I'm not going to die. He has approved me. Whatever it was for 30 days that <laughs> he didn't send for me. It's over now. In the midst of your assignment, in the midst of purpose, in the midst of you rising up audacious, in the midst of you taking courage to do what you should do, you will find out that your, that problem will solve itself. It will vanish. In that split moment, she realized that her marriage was okay. It was okay. Maybe it wasn't okay before, and at that point in time, God just melted the king's heart and she found favor. Or maybe there really wasn't a problem before, but in her mind, there was an imaginary problem. Girls, ladies, women, let me tell you this. The enemy tries to magnify himself in our lives. He tries to blow out of proportion the issues that we have. He exaggerates them. He makes them look like such a big mountain. But when we keep focus on God, every mountain will be made low. When we keep our focus on God and we keep magnifying and see him bigger than 
the situation. Indeed, the situation will shrink in our eyes. And so that was step number one. If I was her, I would have breathed a sigh of relief. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'm not going to die. And then the next step, she had the access already. The next step was her request, which was the big deal. What do you want? And, the, and Esther answered, if it pleases you, come to a banquet that I have prepared. So she had prepared dinner. Her maids, her cooks, they had started chopping up everything, preparing in faith that indeed there will be, she will be alive to witness a dinner with the king. I prepared a dinner for you for tonight. Please join me. Said, okay. They had the banquet. They had the dinner. While at dinner, I'll just paraphrase, the king leaned over and asked her, what do you want? Queen Esther, I will give you even up to half of my kingdom. Without her asking anything else. Because he kept on thinking there should be more than just dinner. Let me pause there. I think that even if there was no problem out there in the, in the, among the Jews, um, she needed to be audacious about repairing or restoring her marriage, right? So I think she chose to have a dinner so that she can at least enjoy fellowship with him, enjoy his company, which she had not had for 33 days, 30 days plus the three days of the prayer and fasting. I think she was trying to catch up and enjoy him and enjoy his... But he kept thinking, if surely what you want should be more than dinner. She said again, come for another dinner tomorrow. And on the third day, she declared her manifesto. She declared what she wanted. Haman was hung in the gallows, which he had prepared, which he wanted to hang Mordecai in. I see things switching for you. I see the tables being turned on, on your enemy. And we know the enemy is Satan himself, not any physical person out there. I see the tables being turned in your favor. All of a sudden, I see things turn around. In a split moment, things turn around. And the king turned on Haman. I said, go hang this wicked man. He must have been shocked. How? He thought he was winning. Winning at evil. Winning at plotting. The death of Mordecai and thousands or millions of Jews. What level of wickedness? But what would have happened if Esther did not rise up? If Esther was not audacious to take that bold risk? What would have happened to those Jews? They would have been killed. And she would have been miserable, though she would have lived. But she would have been miserable and very, very alone. We know the end of the story that the king made her and Mordecai. Mordecai, his right-hand man, gave his signet to Mordecai and to the queen. Whatever they signed into decree, whatever they, they decided was law, was law. Both of them were now ruling and reigning. Can you imagine? She now took her rightful place because as the queen, she was not doing anything for the king. She was not sleeping with him. She was not eating with him. For 30 days, she was not going for any function with him. She was not carrying out. As I mean, her crown and clothes were dusty. Actually, I always like to say that she and her maids, they would just dress up, but they weren't going anywhere. They were not going anywhere. So sometimes, 
your joy, your solution, your breakthrough will show up as problems that need to be solved. Rise up and solve it. Because in the midst of that, you'll find joy that is beyond meat and drink. You will find eternal joy. You will find lasting joy. Look at it. She lasted. And I believe that. Afterwards, that's not written in the last chapter. I like to say that she then began to do all kinds of things. Build orphanages because she was an orphan herself. Do great things among her people who were <laughs> supposed to have been dead. Just one woman rising up audaciously. I don't know about you, but I need audacity. I need courage. Say to your neighbor, you need to be an audacious woman because the times we are in calls for that value. It is not time to be timid. We're going to ask God for grace to overcome timidity. Maybe for you, your assignment is to be with that child in this, at this time, to focus on that child that has a challenge for a season. Yet you feel, oh, everyone has life is passing you by. But maybe your assignment right now, and you know it. For someone else, maybe it's to leave your comfort zone and say yes to that call, to be a speaker, to be a preacher, or to be a coach. But you say, Lord, I can't speak. Uh, you know I can't speak. So you think God didn't know when he made you? It's time to say yes to the things we should say yes to. And stop looking at our frailty and our humanity because there's a supernatural side to us. It's time to be audacious. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for us to leave our comfort zone. In a season to live outside Nigeria for a season, it was not easy. But you know, obedience is better than sacrifice. It's better to obey than be sorry. Revelation will make you audacious. And so the first thing you should go for to be an audacious woman is revelation. What is God saying to you? What has he said to you? Which he will confirm in his word anyway. What has he said? What he has said to me will be different from what he has said to you. So you've got to receive your own revelation and move in faith and move in strength and move courageously. Obedient to the voice of one. It doesn't matter if everyone else is going in this direction, if God says go in this direction, the other direction. You shall go in the other direction because that will save your life. To, to be audacious in times like this will call for being sometimes different. Um, not comparing yourself with another person. Sometimes women, we are fond of this. Yes. Comparison, thinking, oh, this person has gone ahead. Look at her, she's married now. Look at her, she has two children. I don't have any. Comparison, being audacious is a value and a virtue that will cause you to tell yourself, I will be content where God has put me. I'm not saying don't ask for more, but contentment with your lot, with your assignment because the Bible says the, the ear will not say to the mouth, why am I not the mouth? <laughs> you accept your own assignment. 
and you move with it joyfully. So I dare not compare myself with anybody. Because life really is an individual journey. Grateful for people who bring, he brings, uh, that come along our way to support us. An audacious woman is grateful to have a team. She had her maidens. They fasted and prayed with her. They were there with her. Thank God for that. But if you don't have, if you didn't have, she would still have had to do it alone. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> she went alone before the king. So you have a team that can help you at the back end. But there are certain things push come to shove. You have to go by yourself as the leader or as the owner of the revelation, as the one that the revelation came to, as the word came to. Hallelujah. I've had to be audacious in following my husband, in supporting my husband, in being visionary because that's the person I'm in covenant with and that is the person I am under as my Lord, as small Lord and my husband, as long as it's not sinful. Amen? Mm -hmm. There's a difference. And that's why you won't marry someone that will tell you to go and kill somebody. <laughs> so there is no confusion there. I've had to be audacious. Well, there's so many stories, but time will fail me to talk about my own personal stories. Thank you, Jesus. Of courage of just having to be bold, of just having to ask God for strength to do it, to carry out an assignment, even as recent as, is it a month or two ago? He said, create oh, Moses. Was it a, a place or how do I call it, call it now? A retreat for female leaders. It was very, very daunting for me to do because I didn't think that was my natural strength but I did it he helped me I took the step and he did really support me in it and showed himself strong he gave me a revelation he said I will meet you there I will meet you and the women there we were not a whole lot but it was beautiful and my heart was full it was a very courageous thing for me People may look on the outside and think, oh, okay, how many women made it? Oh, okay, that's it. But for me, it was a big deal. Thank you, Jesus. What is staring you in the face? What is daunting? What looks lo such like a, looks like a great mountain that you cannot climb? What looks like a great ocean that you cannot swim across or swim in? Take that step because you don't know whether the sea will part in two for you. You have to take the first step. And that step is called what? A step of faith. Dare to do it. Do it afraid. Do it even if you think you will fail. Failure is a stepping stone or a portal for success. Do it afraid. She did it in spite of death. She looked at it and said, okay, the worst case is death, right? Okay, if I die, then I die. And for believers, is death really an end? It's just the bed. Why are we even so fearful of death? Why? So that we don't know who we are. So an audacious woman has to know who she is. That is the starting point. I know who God says I am. 
Know who you are in God, in Christ. Know who you are. You are light. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 says you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. We've got to go back to the basics. These are times when we have to go back to understand who we are. Understand God. They that know they are God shall be what? Strong and do exploits. They shall be audacious. They shall be courageous. Hallelujah. Exciting times ahead. Yes, it looks like things are going haywire. The exchange rate of our currency and all of that. The economies of our nation and other nations. But why are we looking at those things? Look at your calling. Look at your assignment. I say to myself, I am oiled by God. I have a father. And as I keep, let the oil remain on my head and on my life. I'll move in his agenda. What do you know about yourself? You've got to know so that you will not be shaken when the winds of life come. When they toss. Jesus was asleep in the boat. I want to be like that. In the midst of the storm, I want to be like that. Disciples were afraid. Don't you care that we perish? Master was asleep. Of course he cared about them. Can you sleep through a storm? I want to be like that. He had the audacity to sleep because he knew that the winds and the storm, they must obey him. Hallelujah. Friends, sisters, brothers, it's time to rise. It's time to move audaciously. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. For your word that has come, Lord, this word is deep. And I trust, Lord, that you will expand it. Even in the days to come, in the hearts of your listeners, of the listeners. I trust, Lord God, that this word will grow in their hearts. And will cause everyone to rise up courageously in the assignments that you have put before them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, because we are of the lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion does not turn away for any. And thank you, Father, for every mountain that you have brought us through and every mountain standing in our path. I declare those mountains will be leveled. I declare that you will go through. I declare that we will tunnel through. I declare that we'll come out on the other side shining and we will come out as gold. I don't know what kind of fire you are in right now. I don't know what kind of storm is tossing you, tempest, right now. But I declare in the name of Jesus that you are victorious. You are winning. You are coming out on the other side. The grace of God envelopes you. You will not look like what you've been through. The glory of God covers you and you rise up. And take that step. He says, arise and shine for your light has come. So rise up and be audacious. Thank you, Father, for the grace. We receive it. We receive courage. courage. We receive audacity. We receive strength. We receive healing in our minds, in our bodies, in our hearts. Audacious courage to forgive. That might be someone's word. That word ringing in your heart is to forgive and is to let go. Be audacious, receive courage to let go and to move in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Receive courage to win the lost. Receive audacity 
to befriend those who don't know you, to bring them, to pray, to bring them into Christ. Where is his audacity? For various assignments that you have distributed. Thank you, Father. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.